Welcome to Lift Up Nations. I'm Rob Leach. And I'm Michael Hoffa. And today we have a testimony. Welcome. Welcome, guys. Gene Paul here. Great for you guys to have me. So, uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from, what, what you're about, and how you uh, came about doing a testimony with us. All right, great. Um, definitely want to give it back to you guys for having me here. Definitely love being in a space just to talk about God. So as you guys already know, Gene Paul um, from Haiti, a brand new father, brand new husband, going through life with God. And um, I met Rob, he's my, you know, a massage therapist, been helping me heal spiritually as well too. talk a lot about God. And he was telling me how he was starting this podcast and how he's very excited about it. And he's like, we're like episode eight now. And I was like, man, Rob, I want to be on here. I want to tell people about my story and how God has moved me and changed my heart. Yeah. And you became uh, episode nine. So I love the number nine. Yeah, that's good. All right. So the first question we have is, what did your life look like before you knew Jesus? Um, when I when you guys sent me over the questions, it was really funny, right? Um, I looked at it, I was like, what was my life before Jesus? Um, to be honest with you guys, I don't think there was ever a part where my life wasn't involved in Jesus because I'm from Haiti, and um, Haiti is a very strong Christian base. And I can I can tell you that this, the first Sunday I was probably outside of the hospital that we were probably at church with my parents. So I grew up in a very religious household. Um, Haiti is very doctrinated and practical um, use of the Bible. So my house base was very, very religious. We went to church every Sunday. I don't think we ever missed, ever missed church growing up more than five times, if even that. Um, and before, and I would say my relationship grew with God in the church is um, I don't know when I, when my faith started strongly, but I can tell you, like, I had issues with that. I'm like, man, like, do I really believe in God? Like, do I really believe in Jesus? I see they're doing all these things, but how is God moving in my life? You know what I mean? And so um, up until then, when I went to college, got away a little bit away from Jesus, living the life, having fun, trying to figure out it on my own. And um, I would say that my real important meeting with Jesus was it was a Sunday. I was out of college. I was working. I was due to start my new job the next day where I currently work now. That was a blessing in disguise. And um, we went to church that night, went to a revival. And as we got home, so my little cousin, she's her name is Sydney. She, at the time, she was a young teenager. And, you know, I'm, I'm very close. I'm the oldest of all my siblings, of all my cousins and everything. And um, I know everything about her. She grew up with us. You know, I know her characteristics. And after that service, she came home and she was just filled with the Holy Ghost. I was like, man, this is crazy. I'm like, God is real and I'm not playing around anymore. And that's when God took a hold of me and like I started taking him serious and about everything. And that's that was my life before Jesus just trying to figure out what Jesus wrote for me. And what, what age were you when you when you experienced that? Uh, man, that's crazy. I would say that I was 23. 23? Yeah. And how, how old are you now? 30. 30. So yeah. seven years now. So wait, how long ago was, <laughs> let me not say that. <laughs> I don't want to lie. I, that was a guess. Um, that was 2016 or 2017. It was 2017. So that was what, six years ago? Yep, six years ago. So yeah, 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's just, good. No, right before I turned 24 because I turned 24 in February. And that's in 2017 is when I got baptized. Wow. Yeah. That's great. So that's kind of crazy. No, no, that's perfect. (laughs) All right. So the next question, 
How did you come to know Jesus after that time? Um, I'm pretty sure as many Christians know, um, what my parents always taught me, um, I got baptized very young. I was like 12, 13 years old. I understood what it meant at the time, but I didn't know how to make it work for me and what I was trying to accomplish. And I would say after that moment, um, my parents taught me that whenever you make a decision to truly follow God, that's when the devil really attacks you and attacks your life. So at that time, um, I needed some discernment and I needed some wisdom. So I tried to do it from within, but it wasn't working because I didn't know how to apply it. So um, one of my business mentors, his name is Cody Mackey, very great guy. He's like what we call a one-on-one. Like he knows, you know, he's been really base experience when it comes to Christian-based practical use and stuff. And we just got to talking. He used to come to my house um, every week and we do a weekly Bible study. And he's like, man, like, you know, this is what God can do for you. This is what I believe God will do for you. This is how God is working for me. I met his family. I know his kids. Like, I know how really strong and spiritual they are and how mentally strong they are and everything that they go through. So I was like, man, I got to listen to what this guy is saying. He's like, man, you got to get baptized. And um, as I got baptized, um, that's when um, my life started changing more and more. That's good. Right. So, um, yeah, no, that's really good. So after I got baptized, um, I had to learn to cultivate my relationship with Jesus. Because if you guys remember in 2020, right, um, one thing I really believe is how God moved in my life at that time. Nobody was going to church. So um, a lot of people's relationship with Jesus comes from just the church, comes from the pastor, comes from what other people experience. But I believe 2020 challenged a lot of people to build a relationship with God. Right. So in my better my before even this is before 2020. So in better my relationship with God, I had to learn what true love was from Jesus. And that comes in the form of repentance and grace. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think there's are steps that God will take you when you learn about that. And he teaches you what true repentance is. True repentance is, hey, God, like, I'm sorry I broke your heart. It's not sorry that I got caught. I'm really sorry that I broke your heart. I'm really sorry that, you know, the things that I'm doing, I know what I'm doing. Sometimes, sometimes I don't, but I need your, I need your discernment. I need your wisdom. I need your grace to, you know, take me away from the things that are crushing me and taking me away from you. So um, as I learned about repentance, I got baptized. Then I had to learn how to pray. That was very important. And a lot of people do not know how to, I won't say they don't know how to pray. They don't know how to pray properly to get the fruits of the spirit. You know what I mean? And once you learn the Lord's prayer, and it's not repeating the Lord's prayer, it's understanding everything that the Lord prayer is entitled to. It's just guidelines and you just input your words through those guidelines. And after you learn how to pray, then you got to learn how to listen to Jesus. Like he's going to talk to you, but is your mind quiet enough that you're not distracted, that you're listening to him and you're listening to what he's telling you to do. So when he tells you to do something, what comes next? Obedience. Mm -hmm. So when you learn obedience and then through, you know, learn the fruits of the spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit and the kind of different works that entails. um, After you do, after you do your obedience, it comes about, you know, discipleship. And then that's something that right now, um, in the last year, when I got involved in my church, it's called 3C USA, located in Delmar, Delaware. And the 3C stands for courage, character, and community. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to a Haitian church about two, about until about then, but I wasn't growing as strong spiritually as I had hoped. So, yeah, um, as I wasn't growing spiritually, one of my friends hit me up. He's like, man, our church is having um, a Sunday night worship. We're bringing our communities together. Haitians, Mexicans, Americans, and we're just coming together for the community. And I thought nothing of it. You know, I'm used to going to church, so I just went. Um, but when I went, it, um, 
it was something that the pastor was just talking about, and this is crazy, right? Um, the things that he talked about, God doesn't make any mistakes when he sets you, when he sets you somewhere to be great. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So in that aspect, he was just talking about um, the practical ways to live life as a Christian, and I didn't really gas that information growing up because I was looking too much as Jesus real as Jesus real and how do I apply it now that I know he's real now I'm had to learn how to apply it and that's why I wasn't growing spiritually because I feel like um a lot of people when they go like when their only relationship is with God through um the church um you're always living the week after week just trying to save yourself you don't really understand what your power is and he you know that's why he came to this earth was to give you your mission. Your mission is to go out and make disciples and, you know, bring the word to other people, to people that were sick, people that were in jail, to people that were homeless and stuff like that. So when I went to this church, man, like, I was like, yo, this is, I was like, babe, it was my girlfriend at the time, it was my wife. I was like, this is where we're going to start going because I feel like this church can help me grow. And um, as I'm going to this church, this one kid, his name is Jordan Muhammadi, and I hope I'm saying that right. Um, he, I, was, I just call him Jordan M., um, and he's something we do something called cell, like the cell of life. And it's called, it's basically small group and, um, we'll meet once a week. And, you know, your the job of your cell leader is to help you grow spiritually. It's to disciple you because he's been through where you're at. He's just teaching you how to get through it. But with God now and applying that. And I was going through cell and it changed my life on, um, the practical ways that I had to apply God in my life for me to live out my purpose. And um, the thing that they taught me um, is this four things. Um, it's called when. Uh, when you win somebody um, to Jesus, you have, you know, a call, a salvation call. Do you accept Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And after you win them, you just talk to them like, I, this is what God is doing in my life. And this is what I believe he's going to do in your life. And then after that, um, you, um, you consolidate them. Consolidate just means... Um, you just sit there with them, meet, meet with them through your cell group and help them grow spiritually the same way you did, right? And then as you're doing that, you don't realize, man, I was once this person. It's a 360 moment for you where you're like, man, I can see myself in this person's shoes. And I understand now most of the battles that we fight in life are not physical battles, but are battles against spirits and against nature. It's a spiritual problem that we have in society. And, you know, that really helped me grow when he was consolidating me, taking my mind away from you're not just supposed to like just try to live your life perfectly and like on Sunday, God, I'm so sorry. Like, I, you know, like I need I need repentance again for the same thing over and over again. It's you know, you got to become a disciple. So when you become a disciple, it's a decision that you make. Hey, I'm going to live my life for God and I know I'm going to sin, but I'm covered by the blood. I'm you know redeemed by the blood and I'm going to live right so I can be now. It puts that level of responsibility to you that you're being, you're being a disciple for somebody else. You're discipling them, so they're going to look up to you. So if you're telling them, hey, you got to be spiritual, you got to go to church, you got to read your Bible, you got to have devotion, that means you got to be doing the same thing because they're going to call you out on it. You know what I mean? And after you consolidate them, you help them win, you make them a disciple. And through making them a disciple, you send them out to do the same thing that you did. But for you, for that to be able to happen, it has to, you know, go right spiritually you can't waver from your path you can't have to you can't have two paths it's either you follow god or you don't follow god also um you you telling us all that we actually are all for small groups and we're all about it so what you were saying is you're a leader for that for the cell so um this is funny right and it's like perfect timing like why i'm here um i've been getting consolidated and i've been getting you know discernment um 
consolidated to and being discipled to um, through my cell leader. And um, so we go through these courses. Um, it's called Life Class, where um, we go through, we meet every Sunday. It's like, a, it's like a school, basically, but you do it on Zoom. And you have your, you know, one of the pastors from the church. They teach that course for the whole, however long mm-hmm. it is. And they just teach you your life as a Christian. So I graduated Life Class, and I have something called Destiny Class. And in Destiny Class, that's when we go more in, in depth about your mission, about love, about what God is all about. And after you, and through your destiny training, which where I'm at the part where I'm about to start now my own cell group, because I'm able to, because, you know, it has to be a level of trust. They have to be able to trust you with people that you're going to say, hey, I'm going to take that mission on to build my own, basically my own ministry. So that's, for, the, for you that, to be able to do that, you got you to gotta learn. That's great. All right. And can you touch on, like, struggles that you've had that brought you closer to Jesus? Um, I think... Everybody struggles. Their main struggle, like I'll say, it's always spiritual. Like when I talk to my friends, when I talk to everyone, like now when I look at issues, I'm like, man, that was a spiritual issue. You just wasn't connected. And the issue that I always dealt with was my anger. Like, you know, I'm a very, very calm person. Anybody you ever ask, they'll never tell you I have an anger problem. But me, I know that's my issue. Because once you stop sinning physically in life, then you you start sinning mentally about how you think about things. You know what I mean? And that could lead you to very dark places in your mind. It could lead to depression. And um, sometimes in my anger, like, I would just wave people off. You know what I mean? And that's very negative. People feel that when you're waving them off. And um, that's something I really struggled with. And I probably struggled with, you know, just uh, being honest with people, not saying lying to them, but I never really talk, tell them how I felt. And then accepting love was something also I, I, I struggled with in my, in my devotion with God. Like, cause I never believed like, you know, my, your parents love you, you know that, but, um, coming from where I come from, it's something that my parents went through was a cultural shock. You know what I mean? So I'm the oldest of my mom. Yeah. So as being the oldest and then having your mom come over here and then she has to work basically two jobs. Like one of my like favorite stories is, um, like she would work two shifts. Right. And then she, we would stay at my aunt's house and she would have to, and her job is 45 minutes away from Salisbury. And she, on Friday nights, we had school on Saturday. So we, I spent the whole week at my aunt's house going to school so somebody could watch me while she worked two shifts a day. And then on Friday night when she came and picked us up, she was obviously off on Saturday. Man, this lady was struggling just to stay awake on the road. And me being the oldest, I knew it was 3 o'clock in the morning when she picked us up. So I knew I couldn't fall asleep. You know what I mean? So, you know, that brought already that level of responsibility. But it brought that level of responsibility that I knew I couldn't act up in school. I knew I couldn't be in trouble. When was my mom going to have the time to even cultivate, you know, any kind of discipline to me if I was being a problem child? Then she was all she's already stressing, trying to figure out how to do it as a single woman at that with three kids like that. That would just be wrong. It would just be, you know, being a jerkhead. So um, having that, I felt like I raised myself. So I struggled with love a lot because I felt like all the love that I had. Like, my mom loved me. Yes, she sacrificed a lot, and she knows how much I love her. But, you know, that, it's like a little, it's like a very thin line. So, it's really hard for me to get people to that deep level to penetrate my heart. And that was my real struggle with God. I had to really open up to, like, God into my heart to understand his word. And how I grew into that now is devotion. Um, It's like, this is my new favorite phrase that I learned this year. I heard it from a sermon. Um, every year we choose a word um, from our church. We do a 21 day fast and then you choose your word for the year that you, you think coincides with what you're going to go through or however, whatever means something to you. 
So I learned, I chose my word. I don't know if I chose my word before or after. I think I chose it after I heard this. This pastor said, never again will I praise God out of deliverance, but I will praise him out of devotion. You know what I mean? So we're now you're loving God, not for what he does, but for who he is, because that covers the umbrella of everything. So as me being, choosing that word to be devoted to God, that means now every struggle that I go through that I'm not going to pray to God for deliverance, but I'm going to pray to God because I love him and because he first loved me. That's something we learned as a kid. You know what I mean? So in that sense, um, more my devotion really looks like um, is a true devotion, like, you know, every day. Um, when I wake up to get into my word, that's like one of the first thing that I do. I used to struggle with time management a little bit. Man, when you wake up in the morning, you're trying to be efficient. You're trying to be number one, top 1%. You're going to the gym first because they tell you to go to the gym first. Now, when I wake up, man, I got to get my word first. I got to do, you know, uh, I got to do a whole song. Praise, worship, hands up, you know, eyes closed, getting into the, getting my spirit ready to dwell into what God has for me. Then I'm getting into a really deep prayer, praying, uh, adding the blood to my life, adding the blood to my, my daughter's life, adding it to my wife's love, adding it to my community, adding it to, you know, every single situation and asking him to go before me and prepare the way. And after that, I'm um, getting into the Bible. And currently, um, for the last couple of months, I've been into the first four Gospels of the New Testament. And you guys understand that. That's like the same thing over and over and over again. But as you get into it, you get to really understand that Jesus plays no games. He was straightforward, straight to the book, and he was trying to, like, you know, he was trying to get to your heart. And he, sometimes you have to be so straightforward that you had to try, you wanted to kill him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ironically, but he understood what he was doing. He understood the mission. And um, that's basically, you know, like how I've dwelled into the struggles that I deal with is I don't do it out of my own power. I do it out of the power of I do it out of his power because he gives me power. And me and Rob, like this is funny, right? Me and Rob, whenever like we talk, God is like, yo, I ask God what I'm gonna eat, what what should I eat next? You know what I mean? For each meal. I'm like, man, that's deep. That's very, very deep. Mm -hmm. And um one thing that God tests me in, well he well, he didn't test me in this. This is the only thing that God says to test me in, your tithing. So as I was talking to my mentor, Cody Mackey, and he's a very big tighter, he was like, man, you want to be blessed by God? You want to see God's true blessings? Start tithing. And this is, I was like, tithing, how much? 10%. And he said, before taxes, not after taxes. So that's money you don't even have. That money is already going and you tithing into it. But I can tell you, like, I made a decision right then and there. I was like, God, like, I'm going to trust you in this. I'm not, it's not because I want, well, it's not because I want you to bless me, but because I know you will bless me. And ever since I started tithing, it's been like three, four years, I can tell you I've had no lack in financial, whether, because if I thought I had a lack, it was only because I was being human at the time. And I needed, and I was, and I was needing, I was being needy. But God said, do not be needy. He said, in all your works, you know, do not be needy. Know that my power, I already know what I want. I already know what you need in each and everything. So, that's what I've been doing. And today, actually, I had a full circle moment with one of my coworkers. Um, our church asked us this year to do a um, a covenant offering. And he said, write the number down, and you don't have to say when you're going to give it. But you know that you're going to give this. And my covenant offering was big, more than, you know, I, not what I want to give, but big, really, really big. And today, me and my coworker was talking about tithing. I told him how tithing changed my life. 
But um, I would bring it back. I was thinking about doing the podcast. So I'm like, man, I got to tell these people about tithing, but maybe I haven't been trusting God and where I need to trust him. And I was like, yo, I'm today, I'm gonna, when I get to my prayer before I go to sleep, I'm going to say, God, I made this covenant, I want to make this cover, covenant offering to you, but I'm devoted to you. So I have to ask you to give me the wisdom of how to get this covenant offering to you. I want to apply you to each and every single situation. And that's how I overcome all of my faulties is just applying the blood first, you know, the blood of redemption, the blood of, you know, over over all my sins. And that's how I feel like I'm truly blessed. Yeah. All right, great. And since I talked about struggles, you know, I also want to talk about um, miracles that's happened in my life. So like, um, as Haitians, right, we're very superstitious people in a sense, not like crazy superstitious. Like, you know, there are people that practice voodoo and the crazy black magic and stuff like that. I don't know how much I believe in all that stuff. Some of it is true, so it just depends on your definition of it, right? So I remember being in college, man. I was into the life. I, you know, like no hard drugs, nothing crazy, but girls. I had, you know, money. I was spending it, like just hang, partying. And I was like taking very serious courses. So um, I didn't know at this time, but I had sleep apnea. So my exhaustion level was on high level alert. I didn't know it at the time. And um, I remember one time we went to the beach. It was like this cold. I mean, it was like late at night for a friend's barbecue, his birthday. We're not even supposed to be out at that time. But a couple of like, I don't know how long before it was, but my mom called me. She said, I had a dream about you. And like, as Haitians, like, that's a very, that's a really, really big thing. My mom was like, I had a dream that you was by the water and that, you know, something bad happened to you by the water, like you passed away or something like that. She was really concerned. Like, she didn't show her concern because she trusts me. Because I'm her oldest, I've never given her issues, and that's good because I can get away with stuff because of that. But um, in that retrospect, um, when we was at the beach, um, like I got like probably like too drunk, whatever we were doing at that time, and I just made a complete fool of myself. Where like that that destroyed my character, it destroyed my reputation, and um, I remember like even like years after this, like I'm always thinking about it. Like man, this that should have not been me. I should have not been at that place. But that was death at the water, you know, as a baptism, that was God signifying to me that, you know, that water can be death like your mom proceeded, but I'm going to turn this into a miracle where I'm going to make you a leader amongst men. And um, one thing, well, my favorite story in the Bible is Genesis was the story of Joseph. So, you know, as we're talking about Joseph, like I love the story of Joseph. And after Joseph did all his miracles, went through his trials and tribulations, um, I can attract a troll. A lot of my stories and similarities to him with him dealing with his angers and dealing with his brother and overcoming, right? Um, and after Joseph passed away, um, in, the, in the Old Testament, it says there arose a new generation that did not know God and all his doings um, and, you know, what he had done for them. And he was specifically talking to the Israelites um, at that time. And then as we go forward into the New Testament with the story of Paul, um, as the pouring of the Holy Spirit comes about, as Paul goes out and he ministers, and he just talks to people and he tells them of the life of Jesus, which a lot of these people knew is they know how to believe. He's telling them, have you guys heard of the Holy Spirit? Oh, we've never heard of the Holy Spirit. And here we're talking about me becoming a leader, right? I do not want to be a part of that generation that does not know Jesus, that does not know God and understand how he works in his relationship and his love. I have to be a leader that, trans that transcends that. Because one story that I used to um, win people over to Jesus is um, I believe there are only a couple absolutes in life, right? The, for me, the absolutes are that we're going to live, that, you know, time waits for no man, and that we're going to die, and that there's a God that created all of this. 
So I tell them, hey, I could give you a million dollars right now, and about a year or two from now, you're gonna pat, you're gonna like lose it all. You might, or you might just lose, or you might go crazy, or you might get into drugs, whatever the case may be. But if I give you eternal life, knowing those absolutes right there that you're gonna die one day, that means your soul goes somewhere. That means your soul is very important to you, and that you should cherish it, and you should learn to nourish it, and you should nourish where it comes from. So you need to intertwine every question you ask, not to your pastor all the time. Not to your church all the time. Do not control those things through that, but control it to God himself and get in his devotion. And that's where I come as a leader, um, teaching people about um, changing your generational past, not conforming to your sins, not conforming to your ways, but conforming to the Holy Spirit and leading and needing his direction and needing his comfort. So he may intercede on your behalf, basically. And that's where the miracles happen when, you know, you you get in real connection with God through the power and the point of the Holy Spirit, having the fruits of the Spirit, and then um, leading people, and that's where my leadership skill, and that's where my leadership is taking me right now. What has your life looked like since Jesus Christ has become your Savior? Um, and, you know, as we're going to the story, and I'm telling you guys about um, my life in this new church, and uh, my pastor, his name is Mike Rittenhouse, and I love this man. I love his passion for God, and I love how he's teaching us every Sunday. Like, we don't have a crazy sermon that's going to give you a spiritual high and then you're going to go on that spiritual high for however long and you're going to come off of it. He gives you the practical things to do to live as a Christian, to really um, do the, to really do, dwell into the fruits of the spirit and that's love God and love people. And Rob always said that. Rob said it ironically even without us mentioning it to each other. We said the exact same phrase, right? Love God, love people. How do you show you love God? By loving people, right? So for me, um, as, become, as learning that, um, he always talks about you as men and the leadership course. Um, I'm the man, I'm the leader in my cell. I'm a leader in my cell, going to be a leader of my own cell. I'm discipling young men and um, men my age and probably some older too because you can learn from a lot from any different age range groups. So um, one thing he always talks about, you as a man in your household, do you wake up early in the morning and do you have that devotional time with God um, creating that atmosphere for your family? Because that's, that's where it comes from. You got to create an atmosphere for your family. You have to be the man in your household. Hey, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So when I wake up, when my kids are watching, my daughter's four months right now, right? So when I read to her, I read to her, I read the Bible to her as I'm doing my devotion. If she's up, we're worshiping together. And as she's getting older and getting more conscious, man, when my dad wakes up, he does this. And then when she, it may be, let's just say she gets away from that. She's going to see how her life changed and she'll like get back into her ways, man. When my dad did this and I used to do it, my, my test, I had great grades on my test or I did this great or you know what I mean? She, she's going to flood in her spirit. And um, also just um, we have family cell. That's very important. He always talks about that. Not just having your church cell and being churchy and everything, but are you leading to your family? Do you have that openness with your wife when you have that cell? You should leave that door wide open. Hey, um, wife, like when this happened and you said this to me, you said it this way, it did not make me feel right. And, you know, we have that openness during that family cell to talk to each other about the things that we're dealing with. And that's how you learn, you learn her more in that true relationship with her as well. Because now you can ask her, what is God working with you in your life? And now it's not, what do you want to do? But what do you believe God is taking you to? And she'll like, that will dwell a deeper question into her true spirit. I believe God is helping me become a leader here and there. And that's one thing I thank God for um, as being a man. I, she, he gave me a great partner. Like she, she, I want to say she always picks up where I lack, but overall we make a great team together. You know, she loves God just as much as I do. She wants to go to church. 
now as much as I do because she grew up a little bit different from me. She didn't grow up in the church. So seeing her girlfriend, God, and loving, she always loved God, but she didn't know how to love God, and we got to grow together. Now we're married, raising a, a biblical family, and you know what I mean? Um, becoming leaders in our own rights, and that's how my life looks like right now. Um, just the other day, I was in the gym, one of my friends from like sixth grade, having, we talk, we see each other in the gym always, but not um, having long conversations, and he was telling me about his struggles he had with, you know, just um, as he got older, and he's telling he's getting back into the Bible, but he didn't have those practical ways of understanding baptism, of understanding repentance, of understanding God's true relationship with, and true love, basically. And, you know, I'm inviting him to church. I'm inviting him to my small group. I'm connecting with him. And um, one big thing we also do is called um, your prayer of three. You pick three people and you pray for, and it's for, and it's, it's you start in the beginning of the month, right? You pick three people and you pray for them the first week. Then the second week, you reach out to them and what do you need prayer for specifically? And you pray for them the third week, hey, let's meet up, let's talk, you know, let's talk about, let's just meet up and have coffee, go to the gym or whatever, hang out. And the goal of this prayer three is to bring is to win them over to Jesus, somebody who doesn't have Jesus in their life. So you're now putting the Bible into practical work. Now you're loving on this person. Now you're praying for them. Now you're doing life with them. It's not just about, hey, you need God, follow God. No. I'm gonna do life with you. You know, we're gonna do it, go through this together. Whatever you go through, I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna go through it with you. And that's God's greatest commandment: love your, love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Equally, love people as well, your neighbor. So, and in the fourth week, you know, we have that. We try to do that salvation call with them. Hey, you know, you're doing with this. I'm been praying for you. It's what I believe. You know, God's gonna do in your life. And then you just try to win them over to Jesus. And that's like, you know, my biggest purpose. And um. Also, I think um, as a leader, you have to speak great things into your kids. You have to speak it even before they understand what you're talking about. And I think, like, I never told my mom this. I think I'm going to tell her this one day. Um, growing up, like I told you, we grew up in church. My mom was very spiritual. Um, she spoke something over me. I didn't want it to be true. I didn't believe it. But as I got older, it's like the most important thing to me. She says, one day I want to see my son speaking the word of God. Speak, being a pastor in a sense or a predator or um a deacon or something like that but you know preaching the word of god and at that time i didn't want it to be true i wanted to be in the nba i want to play basketball i'm five six like there's no like my same chances are like very slim you know what i mean so but now i'm like man she spoke that word into me and that fruit and that and that seed she set is very big now it's very deep its roots are very deep and this tree is growing and that's the only thing that i see myself doing now is speaking the word of god helping young man understand yo um you're dealing with this. Yes, it's in the physical realm, but once you understand the spiritual nature of it and it's the devil attacking you and it's demons attacking you, you're leaving yourself wide open. It's your thought process that you're not into the word, understanding God's word, understanding his ways. Like I'm telling you, like I'm reading into um, the first books of the New Testament. It's the same thing over, but Jesus speaks so much deep stuff into it that you have to go through it multiple times just to understand his parables. Because he says, if you have ears, listen. If you have mouth, speak. But uh, shame on you if you did not go into depth about what I'm saying, because you're not looking after my heart. You're looking after the law, which goes into the prodigal son. And um, I think that's going to be my first sermon, speaking about the prodigal son. The prodigal son is, you know, the first sermon is always, the first part of the prodigal son is always talked about. It's about a son. He's talking to the people in the parable about the son living in a, in a, in a, a, life, of, a life of sin. And he comes back and that's great. We have this salvation call. That's great. And that's, I think that's, you know, half of the people in the, in the world right now living in sin. 
and the other half were the Pharisees, were the Sadducees. We think we know it all, and we think we go to church, and we just know the Bible, we know the Word, and we know what God can do for us, but we don't understand um, how to properly attain to His heart, basically. And that's the story of the second son. I want to really focus on that about Christians that are living the life but are not actually doing the life. You know what I mean? And the prodigal son, he's like, Father, um, he, my brother came back. He he rebuked you. He cussed you out. He took all your money. He shamed you, shamed your reputation. But I've always been here with you. Why do you never do these things for me? He simply said, son, whatever I have is yours as well. You only have not because you ask not. Because you do not know how to ask God. And that's like the fruit of the spirit. And that's what I really want to talk about. And that's why I, in the beginning, I talked about the practical ways of God. Because those practical ways is how, is how you get to that part of how to how to attain to God's heart. Just like David, if you know the story of David, man, David was probably one of the biggest sinners, probably if not the biggest one of the biggest sinners in the Bible as a Christian writing God's song. But the only reason God forgave him and didn't forgive Solomon is because God was truly David was truly after God's heart, and God understood that, and that's what He's after. He's after your heart, but He wants you to, you know, He gave you the power of choice. And we have to teach people again this power of choice that the product that the second prodigal son had, where you can live in God's house, you can um, live a self righteous life where you think you know the Bible and you can quote it, blah blah blah, this and that. That's all great, but if you're not outside actually doing God's work, reaching people that really need the help, doing life with them, like I don't really understand, you know, because we're gonna die one day, so that's very important where your soul goes and how God is working in your life. All right, Gene, I want to be the first to thank you for coming on and sharing your testimony. Thank you. Thank you, Gene. It's great having you here, as always. We usually do the prayer, but we're going to ask uh, Gene to do a prayer today. All right, let's do this. Um, as welcome, I hope you guys got something from this. I hope you guys reach out to Michael and to... Um, Mr. Rob here, um, about your life, man, about doing the testimony over here. It's really great, great environment. They set the tone for a new generation, and, you know, I thank God. So as we pray, um, just listen, pray with your heart as well and your mind as you're listening to this. So dear God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your blessing. We just lift your name up high and just worship your name right now, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for this time and moment to be able to share your love and your grace that you have um, abided upon us, upon our lives, upon the people that are closest to us, that we're able to help reach multitudes of people in your holy name, Lord. Lord, we just ask for your grace. We just ask for your mercy, Lord. We just thank you right now in this moment that you're able to apply us with the Holy Spirit. And we just say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for being an interceder, for being our comforter, that when we do not know what to ask for, but through your moans and your groans, that you intercede on our behalf and you connect with the Father on our behalf and you guide us each and every day. Lord, we just ask that um, your will be done in our hearts as it is in heaven, that your will be done in our lives, that it be done with our eyes, with our hands, with our nose, with our feet, everywhere we walk in each and every direction that we go to, that your power and your abundance is with us because we are doing your will and living your life. Lord, we just put this day and this night in your hand, we just put this podcast in your hand that it will reach multitudes of people and not just reach them in their minds to just deal with the decision that they're going through, but they will capture a heart that will lead them to eternal life, Lord, that will lead them to the place that they may go. We just ask that the community come together um, in your name, that community comes together to worship your name, to glorify your good works because you are the only and everlasting true Father. 
But we just ask you to bless us of all of our iniquities, of all of our um, distortions, of the sins that we commit, even the ones that we know we don't commit, we don't know that we commit, Father. But in your holiness and your pureness, Lord, that you find your ways to forgive us, and you we turn away from that sin and we go into and we go into everlasting um, relationship with you, Father. We just ask you to continually cover us from each and every malice that is out there upon us, Lord, that is out there to get us that you cover um, Rob and Michael, Lord, and your grace, that you give them power and you give them your Holy Spirit and entwine their souls, Lord, that they may worship you deeper, that they may speak your word deeper as their, this ministry grows, Father, that they also grow spiritually and that the Holy Spirit encompass them and it grows them, Father. Lord, we just ask for your blessing each and every day. Do not let us be dismayed by any demons, any um, impure spirits, anything that may come upon us but in your fullness and we believe in your power, believe in your grace, and we pray um, um, over their life, Lord, that they may have wisdom, that any, anybody that is listening to this right now, that they may have wisdom of your will for their life, Father, that you grant them that purest of your will, that only, the only true will is to go out and make disciples over in each and every person. So in your holy name, we pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 And that takes us to our announcements. If you'd like to come on our show or be a special guest, um, you can reach out to liftupnations at gmail.com or call us at 302-313-6190. And if you actually want to come on to our show to tell a testimony or have a live baptism at Lewis Beach, you can reach us at liftupnations at gmail.com or reach us at 302-313-6090. And if you'd like to donate to our podcast, you can find our link in our Spotify bio. All the proceeds that you donate will go 100% back into the community to support and uplift them and to do outreach. And that being said, God bless. God bless.